When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Our websites are Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com. So I've had a number of questions from people considering buying homes, wanting to know if this is a good time or not to buy a home. I have more for that on that for you coming up later in today's show. Right now, I want to talk about something that is becoming a beast of a burden on so many American families, a huge number of millions of Americans, uh, some estimates right around 6 million American families have lost their employer-provided health insurance as a result of layoffs that have occurred during coronavirus and certain states mostly in the south have extremely high levels of people who do not have health coverage right now texas 29 percent oklahoma 24 percent georgia 23 percent florida 25 percent so you think about that you have Texas and Florida, two of the nation's most populous states, one with 25% of people in Florida not having health coverage, Texas 29%. And what do you do? What do you do if you lose your employer-provided health care and you don't have that check coming in? You may have unemployment for a while, but you don't have that. And You think there's no way you can afford health coverage. You certainly aren't going to be able to afford COBRA if you've been laid off from a job and you don't just have a ton of money sitting around. So what are your next alternatives? So what you need to know about this is that you may be eligible for free coverage, subsidized coverage, under the healthcare exchange at healthcare.gov. And I have been remiss in that I've only mentioned that twice since March. And obviously this isn't getting out there. The word's not out there that if you have no income, you may be eligible for a heavily subsidized policy that would maintain coverage for pre-existing conditions and that sort of thing at healthcare.gov and because you've been laid off you're eligible to see what's available for you now instead of waiting for open enrollment for 2021. In addition depending on your financial circumstances you may be eligible for your state Medicare program I'm sorry Medicaid program And with Medicaid, 
which is a joint federal-state program, depending on the rules in your state, you may be eligible for coverage right now for health care. Uh, the other alternative, there are really two other alternatives. One is to go in a faith-based co-op where people pool money to pay for a portion of people's medical care. It is not uh, true health insurance. It is a risk pool where people pool their money together of similar faith. And some of these work well, others not as well. But this is a much more affordable alternative if you don't qualify for a heavily subsidized policy on healthcare.gov and you don't qualify for Medicaid. The fourth alternative is you are now eligible to buy what I call junk insurance, complete garbage insurance that does not cover pre-existing conditions, has very tight limitations on coverage, will not pay meaningful amounts of money if you have a serious illness, but the premiums will be very low. And these are called, erroneously, temporary policies they should just be called junk policies. And I know there are people who say, well, it's better than nothing. I'm not quite sure if these temporary pseudo-fake garbage policies are better than nothing. It's time for your questions that you posted for me at clark.com ask. Producers Kim and Joel alternating asking questions you posted for me. And Kim, you're up. All right, CW in Virginia says, with all the remote work going on lately, has anyone given any thought to jobs being outsourced? Outsourcing of jobs at one point was a major issue. Now, with so much of the economy working remotely, does out of sight, out of mind start creeping into the decisions that management makes? My fear is if you start working from home more often to the point where you're only an email or a phone call to your boss, how long is it before you become an easy target for your job to be outsourced? That is a wonderful question, and you were stating verbally a fear that many people have had is that with so many people working remotely all the time instead of part-time, you're no longer visible, you're no longer that human somebody interacts with, you're a disembodied voice and face that they may see on a Google Meets or a Zoom or something like that. And so there is the potential that employers would say, yeah, we, you know, we could save so much money if we use this outside contractor or sent this work to someone overseas. And I guess we could have some of that, but I think we have had uh, kind of a, a backlash in the United States to jobs being outsourced, particularly overseas. And even though you may have employers that will be tempted. I think that the greatest danger of outsourcing is something that occurred in the past and is not as much an issue on my radar, at least right now. I could be wrong on this, but I'm not as worried about that as you are right now. Joel? Clark Monroe in Georgia says, what auto extended warranty company do you recommend? I googled the top 10. And even the highest rated one had horrible reviews. I was hoping to find something that cost a little bit less than going through the dealership to get that warranty, though. 
Okay, wonderful question. And I want to praise you for doing that research where you you looked around and you found that the third-party warranty companies were garbage, which is what they are. So even though it will cost you more, the only extended warranties service contracts I can recommend are from the auto manufacturer itself, not necessarily what the dealer's going to want to sell you, but the manufacturer's own. So if you have a Ford Motor product, I want you to have one from them. If you have a Honda, I want you to have one from Honda. Whatever vehicle brand you have, I want you to have their own extension of the warranty. But before you buy one, go look at Consumer Reports. If you don't have access, buy one-time access to see what the record of repair history has been on your particular make and model. If your vehicle is much more reliable than average, save your money. Don't buy that extension of a warranty. On the other hand, if your vehicle shows a bad record of reliability, then buy one, but buy the manufacturer's own. Kim? Ed in Colorado says, Clark, I recently heard your advice on travel insurance. Excellent advice. Thank you very much. Could you also discuss the ins and outs of travel medical insurance? My wife and I are in our 60s and we have several pre-existing medical conditions. We are planning a two-week trip by train to Canada for after COVID and Medicare does not cover the health events while we're in Canada. There's several companies that offer reasonably priced medical insurance online if you are going to travel Canada, but it's hard to determine what they'll actually cover and whether any of them will pay medical costs up front rather than us filing a claim and getting reimbursed after the fact. Any advice would be appreciated. Yeah, so first things first, uh, when you become Medicare eligible, and he didn't say he was Medicare eligible yet, right? He said that Medicare doesn't cover health events while in Canada. So, oh, so he is Medicare So I think he's probably eligible, yeah. So since you are on Medicare, have you checked to see if any of the third-party supplements offered for Medicare, the Medigap policies, if any of them cover you for travel outside the United States. That would be the most cost-effective way for you to get coverage is if you have access to a Medigap that would cover you. Failing that, if you're going to travel regularly, look and see if you can buy it, uh, like Insure My Trip or any of the comparison sites for trip coverage. If you can buy a medical policy that covers you outside the United States, and these have all different layers in terms of how deep the coverage is. They cover um, medevac flights if you needed one, or a medevac helicopter, or what kind of uh, depth of coverage they would offer on a trip outside the United States. You can buy one potentially that's an annual policy, or you can buy one per trip. And Pay close attention to coverages and exclusions if you end up buying one of those on a per-trip basis or an annual basis. Joel? Clark David in Texas says, I wanted to hear your opinion on alternative asset investing, specifically in regards to investing in wine. What's your opinion on a little liquid diversification for a 24-year-old, and have you heard of companies offering diverse wine portfolios? I know the fees can be kind of sky high. 
Uh, but the promising returns sound like they might make those fees worthwhile. What's your take? I'm smiling ear to ear because if you enjoy wine, buy it and drink it, but leave it to people who are the idle rich or would like to be the idle rich investing in wineries. It is an extremely high risk kind of area. And the people who give you the opportunity to invest in wineries, the fees, as you mentioned, are quite high. Just enjoy the product. Don't invest in it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Wes is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Wes. How are you doing? I'm wonderful, Clark. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Certainly. So, Wes, you're at a point in your life that you're like, hey, I got to get this savings thing in gear. <laughs> you know, the thing is, my, my wife has a great job. She's a perfect credit score. We pay off all the bills. But when I was about 25 years ago, my grandmother opened up an, RA, an, RA, an IRA for me, and as well as a mutual fund account. But I, for all of my 20s and 30s, I sped past it. I never did anything. And so I've got, I've got basically about $10,000 I don't know what to do with, and manage, needs, I need your help and guidance. Okay, so you got, of this 10000 how much of it is in that IRA and how much is in the mutual fund account? The IRA has got, uh, what am I looking at? It's about 2900 almost 3000 Okay, so you got 7100 approximately in the, in the, in the mutual, mutual fund, fund right. account. So the mutual fund account presents an interesting choice because what I really like for you to do, and I'm obsessed with, because now you're in your 40s based on what you said, right? Sure, sure. Is I want you putting money in a Roth IRA regularly. Okay. Every month, because one of the ways you're going to start building up some meaningful money for your future is in a Roth. And the way a Roth works is the money you put in is money you have. You don't get any tax break for putting money in, but it grows Mm -hmm. tax-free, and then later in life, you'll spend it tax-free. Right. And so six grand is how much you're allowed to put in it each year, and you could could benefit from taking the most of that mutual fund money and putting it into a Roth right away to get one going. Right. And then that money would grow tax-free forward. The problem with that is that that 7100 is going to be taxed. It'll be taxed oh. favorably at what's known as long-term capital gains, which is a more favorable tax rate, but it'll mm-hmm. all be taxed. But then once the money's in the Roth, the next, uh, let's say, 20 years, it'll grow tax-free and you'll spend it tax-free. Right. As an alternative, you could leave the 7100 there and just leave it as almost like your rainy day account. Sure. And you could do something else. The 2900 that's in a regular IRA, you could convert it to a Roth, pay the tax on it, uh-huh. and then from this point forward, it would grow tax-free. 
Oh, uh, okay, cool. And then going forward, I'd like you, how much could you really afford every month to save? You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a musician, so right now oh. things aren't great. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, but I, I, I think once things kind of roll back in, I could probably do 100, 200 at least a month, or if not more than that. Okay, so that's that's great. So the maximum, the six, that's not part of the picture right now. So you could do twelve hundred a year, twenty four hundred a year, somewhere in there, a hundred, hundred and fifty, two hundred a month. Yeah, oh, maybe more depending on the month. Sure. Right. Um, I'd rather you come up with an amount once once work is more steady again. Sure. That you have an amount that you know you can live with and just do it automatically every month. Right. Otherwise, right, okay. life gets in the way and it doesn't get done. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> so I'd like you, once work becomes more regular, um, open a Roth IRA with one of the low-cost companies I have on my investment guide. Okay. And just set up automatically to put in, let's say, 100 a month in it every month. Okay. 150, whatever it is you know you can get done. Sure. And do that. And I've got recommendations to companies and then what funds at those companies you should put your money in. Because the Roth is the go-to to build the the new long-term savings habit. Now, sure, if your okay. income is really rough right now, there's an advantage and disadvantage to doing that conversion I was talking about, about that IRA money. Because mm-hmm. you'll owe very little tax for doing the conversion if your income's really low, but you're going to have to come up with the money to pay the tax. Sure. So if you can do that, this would be the time to do it while your income is so down. Glad you're here with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Our websites are Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com. And I think about questions I've received from home buyers or would-be home buyers over the last several months who are nervous about going forward with buying a home because they're worried about the effects of coronavirus ultimately on the housing market. And there have been a number of scary headlines recently. There was a new report in Barron's Magazine predicting that the average home price in the United States will be 6% lower a year from now than it is today. There are lists of certain metro areas in the country where there's an expectation that home prices are going to drop a lot more than that. And Arizona and Florida in particular, two uh, states that historically have been up and down, up and down, up and down with real estate, are facing a significant rough time with housing prices as you look forward. And there are so many varying reports on the housing market that are predicting very rough rides ahead. So I want to put your mind at ease. The housing market has been on a tear for a number of years in a bunch of the country. Prices are up by huge amounts over the last eight years. And the the loss in economic activity, the 
large number of people who've been facing unemployment or underemployment, one of the things that will happen from that is there's likely in a number of places around the country to be some softness in the housing market. But there is no housing crash coming. There's nothing that is happening unless something much worse happens with the pandemic, with our nation's overall health that would lead to a massive decline in economic activity in the United States or an unexpected event in the world would lead to a catastrophe for housing. There is no catastrophe here because we don't have an oversupply of housing. We have been through times of oversupply. And if you go back to the housing bust, that people are always fighting the last war. And in the housing bust, there was enormous overbuilding and a lot of speculative buying. I think about how many millions of houses people bought in the early 2000s that were never occupied, that people bought them like they were buying a stock or bond, hoping to flip them as a speculative investment, typically within a year. Never, ever with any intention of ever moving into that house or having a tenant move into the house. We don't have anything like that going on. So, yes, as an echo effect of a rough economy, it is possible that the scary headlines that show a decline in home prices in the single digits is possible, maybe even probable. And yes, there are vacation home markets like in Arizona and Florida that could see bigger declines because if people own two homes, it's the second home that people are more likely to dump when they get worried about their finances. And that's why you could have more of a decline potentially in vacation markets. But the overall health of the housing market is A-OK. There is no cliff we're about to fall over. And you don't buy a home usually with an intention of owning it only a very short cycle. If you buy a home with a normal ownership cycle of seven years or longer as your intended ownership cycle, you'll be okay. In addition, the great thing is interest rates have been driven to historical lows and you're going to get an unbelievable rate on your home loan. And if you stay put in that house, you're locking in a very low cost for a monthly payment through your entire ownership cycle of that home. It's time for your questions that you posted for me at clark.com slash ask. Producers Kim and Joel alternating asking those questions. Who's up? That would be me. And this is from Michelle in Minnesota. Michelle says, hi, I am looking for some advice on patenting an item. Not even sure how to begin or where I should go. And also, should I be trying to sell this product before going through the work of getting a patent? Well, if you really want to protect it, you need to think about getting a patent, getting a provisional patent, anything like that, 
And I want to tell you about a book that hasn't been revised in the last two years, but is very helpful to you. In fact, there's a series of books I want to direct you to at the legal self-help site NOLO, N-O-L-O dot com. There's a book that I've talked about for so long I can't even remember when it was first issued called Patent It Yourself. And this book is by a patent attorney named David Pressman, and he walks you through how patenting an idea works, how to how that it really is possible for a variety of patent ideas to be able to do it yourself. There's also another one by NOLO itself, Patents for Beginners. It's kind of like that. Remember for a while there were those books that were all blah, blah, blah for dummies. This is written that way that starts at the absolute baseline and walks you through as a first-time inventor how you would go about the process of patenting. And then for many people who don't know exactly they need a patent, they need a trademark or a copyright, there's a no-low guide for that. So look through the descriptions of those, see which one most fits what your um, what fits your circumstances and you like the style of teaching of it. They're all kind of workbook-like. And I bet you can do a lot more for yourself than you actually realized. Joel? Clark David in Georgia says, COVID-19 forced me to work from home. Is my employer responsible for setting up my workspace with the required equipment to do my job? And should I be receiving reimbursement for the internet service that I have to pay for? Wonderful question. And we've been asked variations of that from those of us that are lucky enough to be able to hold our jobs and continue to work from our own home. And there is no actual legal requirement in any state that I'm aware of that employers provide you with the required tools you need to work from your home and definitely no requirement that they pay for your internet service at your home. But it's the culture of where you work that matters. If it would be a question you could ask without being looked at as disloyal or hostile to your employer, you could certainly ask the question in a way, hey, I was curious, a friend of mine said his employer is paying his internet bill since he's having to work from home. Is that something we do here? You know, you ask it in a way that's almost like um, a passive question so that you don't put an employer who would be offended by that in a position where they're going to be fired up at you or anything. As far as equipment, I've been asked, should an employer pay for desks in your home? Should they pay for the computer you have to use? A smart employer, if they worry about uh, somebody hacking into their systems, will supply you with a computer that they have, if they're big enough, they have an IT department or anything like that, that they know is A-OK to be on the network. They would uh, pay for you to be on a virtual private network. There are precautions an employer would take not for your wallet or your convenience, but to protect them, to protect their business, and to protect the um, information that might be useful to someone else at your business. So 
when you ask questions about it, it should really be more like, how does this help the business, not how does it help you? Kim? Margaret in New York says, I have family in different states and I want to be able to give them money for their birthdays and holidays. How can I safely give it to them? In the past, I've tried retail gift cards and money orders sent through certified mail, but that restricts where they can use it and also costs them a trip to the post office. I need something that's secure, but not a burden on their end. You should know that I don't have a smartphone, so it needs to be something I can do on a PC. PayPal. If I think about the easiest way for you to send money to a family member or a friend that's computer-based, PayPal is free for you to use. It's free for the individual receiving the money. And I think that would be my favorite way for you to send money to them that they would have essentially immediate access to and all that money you're spending for certified mail and all that, you wouldn't have to do any of that anymore. You'd save all that expense. And it's just free, easy, simple. And as long as you are paying somebody you know and love, you're not going to have to worry about somebody scamming you through it either. Joel? Clark Paul in New Mexico says, what's the difference between using AT&T's phone service, which is pretty expensive, and bringing my own phone to AT&T's Cricket service? Well, Cricket is something I never get complaints about. And so Cricket is AT&T's version of a discounter. Everybody's got them now. You know, Verizon's got Visible, and they've got the Yahoo sales service and t-mobile has a ton of players including their biggest metro by t-mobile so going to cricket from at&t is a great choice the only exception would be if you like to travel internationally in which case you would probably rather be with one of the bigs and if you did travel regularly internationally you want to be with t-mobile anyway not at&t or verizon but going to cricket is a wonderful idea and a great way for you to save big money. Felicia joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Felicia. Hi, Clark. I am so excited to talk to you. I absolutely am one of your biggest fans. Well, you are so kind to say that. And Felicia, you have something you're trying to figure out, which is your student loan forgiveness. So do you work in medical or nonprofit or are you a teacher? What do you do? Yes, I, excuse me, I was a teacher and I went back to uh, five years ago to get my master's in counseling so I could have more of a one-on-one counseling role for students that are struggling. Um, And so I now work for the Sacramento um, education system as a counselor. Well, how neat is that? And have you been told how you'll actually do that one-on-one counseling this school year? Is it going to be over Zoom or you're going to be in person with we, students? Or? We are we are waiting on that. We got an email today that a meeting's coming up um, on how that's going to look. We ended the school year last year doing them um, over the phone, uh, you know, via Zoom meetings. Even I, I created a Google text number for my students that I'm, you know, that are homeless that I really truly worry about, so they could try to stay in contact with me when they could. Wow. Well, I know that you're going to see a lot of anxiety in your students 
this next school year, and I'm so glad you're there to be of service to them. Thank well, you. Well, how can I be of service to you? Because if there's something that has confused people more than uh, public loan forgiveness, I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, I guess my biggest question to you is, okay, so I um, <clears throat> I do have around $32,000 of student loan debt. Um, I am taking the annual steps. I stay in contact um, once a year with, you know, the federal loan program, um, the, you know, just to make sure I'm on track and taking all the correct steps. Um, 2028, um, it will be completely erased if, if you know, it, I, I hear horror stories about it does go through, it doesn't go through. So should I wait and take these steps to 2028 and let it hopefully be erased? Or should I just be attempting to pay it off myself? That is a wonderful question. So the feds have really messed this program up. And mm-hmm. it was designed to encourage people to go into... Uh, lower paying public service professions and in Mm -hmm. turn for doing that that you would have loan forgiveness as long as you made 120 on-time payments jumping through the right hoops and to date a fraction of one percent of people who've completed their 10 years have actually had their loans forgiven now there's been so much publicity about how the education department has cheated these borrowers that I think you're going to see more success getting loans forgiven moving into the future. So I think it's, this is, this is a bit of a gamble Mm -hmm. because I'm having faith that the system will work more as it should. Certainly by the time you would be getting forgiveness eight years from now and Mm -hmm. I think that the amount of interest you're paying is worth the gamble of running the clock through the next eight years. Okay. So I I know that eight years from now you may call me and say, Clark, (laughs) why'd you tell me that? They ripped me off and they didn't do it. But as long as you are staying on top of it and making sure that payments are being credited as they should and all the rest hopefully it will uh, work out just like the law requires okay and it's been uh, let's face it it's been a national scandal that Mm -hmm. teachers and firefighters and police officers and medical personnel have been cheated like they've been to this point and Mm -hmm. it's it's just revolting that people have not been treated right and hopefully by the time your turn comes up, things will be done as was promised. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that so much. I, I thought that was the right way to go, but like I told you earlier, I, I truly value your advice and just wanted your thoughts on everything. And keep every stitch of record from the first payment to 120. So there's okay. no doubt that you did what you were supposed to and did it on time. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much, Clark. All right, best to you. Thank you. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.